Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I understand the energetic exchange during conflict and honor the situation with respect. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And we're talking today about essentially how to recover from an argument, but it's never that narrow, is it, Jane? There's, there's so many things that we want to say today on the topic of conflict, confrontation, handling differences, handling irreparable differences, and, and you know, and Jane, Jane's had a lot of experience with this because she used to create conflict. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. Whereas I hid from it for 35 years. So let's oh. put together those two combinations and see what we can come We're up with. We're nice and blended now, thank yeah. goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> Time heals everything. Teaches everything. Time teaches everything. Oh, actually, I haven't said that before. I quite like that. Mm. need to remember that myself. <laughs> Look, I just think it's really important that, you know, we have conflict in our life. It happens all the time with people. It can be just a quiet discussion of opposing views, or it could be World War Three, where, you know, it's really harsh energy is being thrown around. But by understanding the energy dance and what's happening and having a few tools of how to conduct yourself when you're confronted with this is so life-changing and transforming, it's not funny. So I see the energy dance of somebody containing energy within them and they have, for whatever reason, their resilience is low, they're tired, they're pissed off, they've had all their buttons pressed and you come along and you're going to cop it. So out they come with whatever. Maybe you were the one that pressed their buttons. Who knows? But that you're going to cop it. They deliver something to you that fires you up. It presses your buttons and you react. Now we've got conflict happening. Right. So what we can do here is start to understand what's going on at the beginning of conflict. If you can be consciously aware of this, then you're going to be able to quickly <clears throat> implement some tools to try and control it in a better way so that it has a more desirable outcome. Mm. But we'll also talk about what to do if you've had World War Three and you've both stormed off and nobody's talking, how to repair that as well. Right. So first off, I look at the energy thing as being where somebody has an opinion they want to throw at you or a criticism or whatever it is. So they've got this big ball that they're holding. Think of it like a, a netball or a soccer ball that they're holding in their chest. And they project that at you. They throw it at your stu your chest at 100 miles an hour. I've got the frog in the throat now. <clears throat> that was you last episode. <laughs> um, and so they throw it at you at 100 miles an hour and you catch it. And what most people do is then throw that ball straight back at the other person with equal force if not more force. Except if you're me in the past and I'd catch the ball, lodge it deep into my internal organs with pain and then limp off right. and curl under a tree right and cry away. and just, yeah, suppress it and, and own it and hold it. Okay. So what I try to do now, and I do do it most of the time, I mean, there are moments I don't, and it's again, it's when I'm tired, that's it, when I haven't got my resilience. So most of the time now I'll catch that ball and I kind of look at it and think, what is this? I pause and I think, what is it? Now the other person might be throwing two or three balls still at me, but I'll just catch them and I literally put them down by my side. And I try to stay in neutral energy of not taking it personally. 
And I'll ask something like, what's going on? What is it you're really feeling? So rather than it being about whatever the topic is, it's never about the topic. It's about what is it they're feeling. Jane said it brilliantly the other, I don't know, the other month when she said, when two people are having an argument, what's actually happening is you're both competing for who has the biggest victim story. That's so right. So if you can just quickly rise above that, take the higher spiritual road and say, here's a little inner child coming out and having a tantrum because they feel victim about something. If I don't go into victim behavior and mirror them, if I keep the space, hold the space and keep a higher energy and observe, I can diffuse this by talking to the little child in them that's upset. Exactly. Because what normally happens is that you you hear their victim story and you go, no, but wait, I've got a better one. You haven't got a right to be unhappy. You should hear mine. I have a much better story than that. So stop right there and listen to my it's, story. It's actually funny, but it's so not funny. <laughs> it is funny. And what I want you to do, here's a great exercise, is that when you see somebody else in conflict, just observe them and think, hmm, is this two victim stories? Who do you think's winning? Who's got the biggest victim story? And watch them keep going mm. to justify their story and just observe it without joining in. The problem is that anger and fighting can actually feel good. It's like a valve releasing. If you've had a lot of built-up pressure or steam in your life that week or maybe between you and that person for a long time and suddenly it's just like the, the dam has broke, the floodwaters have been released, it can actually be... A, almost a bit of a, an, an air cleansing yeah, exercise cleansing. just yeah. to say everything you've just held back and wanted to say for ages, and it can, it does. Communication always and anger always is a catalyst to bring you to that next level afterwards once the dust is cleared. Absolutely. If you've got the tools to continue to rapport build from there, you will find that you've just shared vulnerabilities with each other. Mm. And if you can manage that, that is the actual growing and, and, and depth of a relationship. Mm. And and this isn't just between, you know, man and woman partners. This is with friendships, with children, with family members, with coworkers. But that's that's a healthy fight. And and we do yeah, have Yeah, and then they all go and have good makeup sex. But right, that can happen too. But there are people out there who go around in life just picking fights all the time because mm. it's fight or flight. Like they're always kind of in fight mode, you know, as a result of their childhood or that the, the world is against them. They're, they're lashing out and they're protecting themselves by always being on, right, Jane? Yes. So then you go to the vibration of are you going to be a vibration? match so you were going about your day quite happily and then this person's come along and dumped on you their victim story and now what are you going to do are you going to drop your vibration and go and join them go have the pity party with them or are you going to hold your vibration high and actually not be in alignment with them and how can you stop that asking a couple of really cool questions with neutral tone or softness and kindness again it's come from love mm. and not from fear can you just say What's really going on here? I can see and feel and I hear that you're really upset. What's really going on? Now, they might keep going and just give you another version of the same victim story. You know, people are really good at telling the same story in 10 different ways. Right. Let them go and say, yes, but what are you feeling? And if that's not getting anywhere, then the next thing is, or, or if they do answer that, the next question is, and what would you like to have happen from here? It's really the only thing that ever needs to be said in any sort of a disagreement is, all you need to boil it down to is what does the other person actually want? Sometimes they don't know. They just want to have a lash out. And if you say to them, yeah, 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 fine, what do you actually want? Sometimes they, they kind of go into silence and it stops them from it because <laughs> they have to think about it. What, what do you need for this to be healed? What do you need for this to be resolved? Just tell me. And, you know, another thing Jane's taught me and, and that I know that we've said before on the show, which is so powerful, and I, and, I, and I understand that a lot of these tools in the middle of 
especially a surprise attack when you've just been dumped on, downloaded on, or, you know, whatever someone's launched at you, it can be very hard to hold yourself in this sort of higher energy. We understand that it takes practice and, and, yeah, and it, it sure take, does, takes yeah. a lot of work because, because, you know, the minute you're being attacked by anyone, I mean, I know for me, my hands start trembling and I, my breathing and my heart starts hammering and I get really cold and shaky and, you know, dry mouth. It's, it's like you're literally being confronted with a gun or something. I get very, very energetically attacked. Um, and as a sensitive person and those of you listening to HSP will know it's, it can be, it can level you for a day. It takes a couple of days to kind of get back into your own energy again after that sort of an attack. But what I was going to say is, one of the most powerful things that you that you can do is just hold silence. Just let the other person rant and rave and carry on for for a time because it can be very truth revealing. The, the, oh, yes. the more they yes. start to talk and, and then you keep not talking back, the more they keep saying stuff until the real stuff starts to come out. Now, don't mishear me. I'm not saying stand there and take abuse. No. Because if it's the kind of situation where you need to walk away for a self-worth issue, I'm all for that. That can be a powerful, powerful thing to do. Can be to turn your back, hang up, or say, "Don't speak to me like that." Lower your tone, or or to speak calmly. I refuse to accept this kind of behaviour. That, yeah, that's, that's another true self love, self worth. Yeah, and and maybe that that's what the lesson that's coming up for you in the conflict. But if it's not, if it's not about that, and you're just quite curious to see what is this all about, what's brought this on, where are they? Co-? Just don't say anything, or like James said, ask a couple of leading questions that aren't emotionally charged, that aren't you defending yourself or having a go back, or none of that kind of caper. We just want you to try and ease out a conversation, tease out, sorry, tease out a conversation out of this person until they do a bit of a turnaround in energy. Love it. Beautiful. We also find in conflict too, however, that there's often the situation where you have joined in and you've given the victim story and you've gone into World War Three, and very hurtful things have been said. And you've stormed off, you've separated your ways, and then that horrible feeling in your gut or your heart kicks in of, what have I done? What have I said? And suddenly it actually doesn't matter. The fight was irrelevant. Now you're looking at the reality of a loss of a friendship or a relationship or, you know, or damage done. And you panic and go, I need to get this back on track. I can't live like this. This person's important to me. What can you do from here? I think a really important statement that I came across recently is it's not about making mistakes in life because everyone makes mistakes. We know that. It's how you handle them. Mm. It's how it's how you choose to resolve or handle a mistake that's been made. That is the true showing of character in anyone. It's, it's that whole thing about actions over words. Oh, it is, absolutely. Look, I had a beautiful friend that rang me a couple of uh, couple of months ago, <clears throat> distraught because her and her boyfriend, they'd been together for I think about a year, and I was so excited. These two people are so beautiful together, and these are personal friends. They're not clients. And she rang and just said, we've broken up, and she was gutted, and she said, I don't know what to do. I said, tell me what happened. So she gave me the, I said, give me the short version. Don't need the long version. No, give me the short version. Don't need the long version. And I went, right. So you went into inner child. You felt like you weren't being validated. You felt like you weren't important enough, blah, blah, blah. And she just went, Jane, that's been my whole life. Every relationship, I self-sabotage every one of them. I said, good, beautiful, excellent, self-ownership, fantastic. So you recognize that you pressed his buttons because you went into inner child and you became really needy. Yep, great. Okay, so you're going to write him a beautiful long email, but you're sending it to me first so I can check it. 
and then you're going to own everything within it, blah, blah, blah. So she did that, and it was so truthful what she wrote in that it was her stuff to be fixed, and he was off the hook, and that she now got it, and she was going to go about doing the work that she needed to do to heal that part of her. And they were back together within no time at all, and it's been great ever since. This is about owning responsibility for your actions, and it's also about I statements. It was all I statement. There was not a single finger pointed in it. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Because in that moment when the fight happened, she justified it to herself incredibly that this wasn't right and this wasn't fair. But when it came down to it, she realized, no, this is what I'm not giving to myself. It's no one else's job to give this to me. And right and fair, it's that episode we did where Jane talks about, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Like sometimes it comes down to a point in life where shit ain't fair, deal with it. You're an adult, you know, but happiness is more important than yours. And who's responsible for happiness? You are for your own. And you need to do what you need to do to rebalance that out. And back to the I statement thing, you know, if you have to go into confrontation with someone, like there's something awful you've got to talk about with someone or, or you've got to put an agenda down or something, just remember it's very, very, very powerful to go into that argument or that discussion only using the word I. Never once refer to them. Yes. Just just make it your stuff so that you're not adding the, the extra level of the finger pointing into the And argument. we do not find it acceptable to say, I feel that you. Yeah, that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not counting. I feel that's not happening. Dot, 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 full stop. That's yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah. I have learnt, I have recognised, I own this, I'm going to fix this. Mm, mm. I'm feeling it's if my If you want stuff. to put you statements in, it is to be writing the positive. You are the most amazing person that's come into my life. You are so beautiful. You are valuable to me. You are somebody I wish to honor. Mm-hmm. I feel I didn't honor you in this conflict. I wish to repair that. What is it that I can do to help you to feel my genuineness, to help you to feel safe around me so that, you know, we can continue to have whatever this relationship is? Yeah. I mean, how do, how do we teach anyone really to sit comfortably in conflict? Nobody sits comfortably in conflict, do they, Jane? No, but it does become a game and you kind of, there's something about when you manage to do it, when you manage to diffuse a situation quickly, it's so, I'm going to drop the F-bomb now. Nick, you did it, what, twice last oh, week? Oh, go on. You <laughs> swear like a trooper. Go on. It is so fucking empowering. It's like you've got one of the secrets of the universe of happiness. Mm. When you can diffuse conflict, it's, yeah. it's exciting. It's an incredible feeling oh, when it turns it's around. Like, you know, when you can see what this could have been. And how can you see what it could have been? Because that's what it has been in the past. And so for me, because that's what my life was, it was years of conflict, to then go, wow, this stuff works, was just incredible. And then you just, what did I find? I was living in peace, harmony, anxiety-free, joy. It wasn't joy because I, I didn't get the experience of joy after, but I got the feeling of almost like control. Yeah, it is. It's almost like, you know what, I actually can control energy and I actually can control other people, which is kind of in conflict because we can't control anybody, but I can manipulate Mm. in a positive way. And back to the sitting comfortably in conflict, like for someone, if you're like me and you're the kind of person who hates loud voices, anger, fighting, you run from it, you don't want to know about it, you'll do anything in your life consciously or subconsciously to avoid it. Well, that's what I used to be like. Now I'm definitely brought that more into my conscious awareness but 
when it's when you're not that conscious of it and it's just the way that you are because of your childhood for whatever reason um it means that you're constantly spending energy ducking weaving and deflecting away from things that make you feel uncomfortable and i think a huge part is just Sometimes the, one of the biggest fear-facing exercises we can do with anything in life is when an uncomfortable, painful or awkward energy or an unfamiliar energy comes up, just sit in it. Don't run off. Don't do the dishes. Don't change the topic. Don't leave the room. Don't, you know, avoid that email. Just sit in it and breathe it. You know, what a lovely Gay Hendricks at episode 100 and he talked about the, the importance and the power of breath. Breathe through fear. Breathe through blocks. Breathe through the times in your life when your adrenaline's going mental and you're, it's fight or flight and you're really, really scared. You just keep breathing and you actually realize you come out the other side and you realize I'm still here and I'm okay. It was okay to sit in that fear or that confrontation or that anger, whatever that energy was that scared you. Usually as an adult, it's actually quite safe. We're not talking about when you're a child and your dad was drinking and he came home and started hitting everyone and that's your memory connected to anger and violence. Now as an adult, it might just be someone yelling at you at work, but the same feelings come up as your six-year-old little girl or little boy self had, but you need to retrain yourself. You know, that the older parent steps in, it's okay. You can sit comfortably, like Jane's talking about, you can own your own energy, you can hold your own space, and you can demand that those boundaries be there. So if, if somebody does come raging at you, you can say, um, can you give me time to think about that or respond to that? I'd like to go away. Before I answer you on this, I'd like to just process my thoughts. Can you just give me some space for a minute? Because this is a big thing. What I want to also move into right from this too is that if you need to remove yourself for whatever reason, because you're going to lose it, because you've been abused, whatever it is, but this is somebody that you love, I don't want you to leave them hanging. So what I mean by that is one of the cruelest things that I think we can do to each other is to have a fight and terminate. Just, just you know, get in your car and go home, or or wherever you are located, you just separate. Because there's a lot of emotions that come out post fight, and if it is somebody that you love, you're now going from anger into fear. Fear of is this relationship over? Mm. Is this? It's all the unresolved Yeah, stuff. absolutely. So what I encourage is that if in that moment, for whatever reason, you need to exit from being physically in their presence, dig really deep, set aside what you're arguing over, dig really deep and tell them you love them, that everything will be okay, however you just need some breathing space. But you must tell them that you love them and everything will be okay. Because otherwise you're leaving people hanging and that can be a really horrible place to leave somebody in. And we've all heard the horror stories of the people that have had the argument and literally, you know, the ones died in the car crash and they've never seen each other again. The whole don't go to bed angry type thing. Look, sometimes oh, I think the worst story of that. Me too, but let's not share them. No, let's not. Okay, but right, I think actually. sometimes people do actually need to go to bed angry because sometimes you need to sleep on it and you're much calmer in a different light in the next morning when you've had a bit of time to both go away and process and come back and maybe have a bit of a compromise. That can be okay. But I, I do, I, I really respect what you're saying, Jane, because I think as humans, we have an innate desire for resolution. Mm. We, we need to know that things are going to be okay. We want closure. Even if something is ending, <laughs> yes. we want closure. Yes. But, but I'm not saying that this is ending because if something's going to be ended, it needs to be done with conscious awareness, not through a fight. That's right. It's ending with beautiful energy that it began with. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
And so it is really important that you find the way to do the words. Now, if you can't do it, it needs to be in a text message immediately that just says, I just want to remind you that I love you, that you are incredibly valuable to me, and that we will work through this. Now, let's acknowledge here that when you really do hate someone, like in a, often in an argument, you just want to murder someone. It can be really hard to come from Oh, love, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, you know, I have a girlfriend who's unfortunately in a really sort of deadlocked situation with a bit of an emotionally abusive husband at the moment and they're going through really intense dynamics in the household where, you know what it's like when you've been with someone for a long time, whatever they do, you react and you just sit in this default mode of he does this, you do that, she does this, he does that, every single time and it's hard to break the pattern. And the other night she was texting me saying, Rebecca, I just, I really want to speak to him so badly but I don't know how to even begin it or how to get his get him alone or get him to listen to me because he's just you know off storming around with a black cloud around his head around the house and I said this is classic pattern interrupt stuff I said why don't you just go up to him and take his hand in both of yours and kiss him on the cheek and she wrote back oh like I just don't feel like doing that and I said I know make it till you make it because you really have to take him by surprise at this point because he's expecting you to bite his head off and why don't you just go in with love? Why don't you just go in with look him in the eyes and don't say anything and then just lead him out to the garden bench or take him for a drive? Beautiful. You know, sometimes you just – it's back to that rising above and taking the higher path. Sometimes you just have to be the bigger person. I know you want to murder them, but that's not going to get you anywhere because you're going in circular patterns and circular arguments and you have to break free of that. Do you know another couple I know who are exes now and they've got all their legal stuff coming up to do with a lawyer and everything – they ended up having a tragedy where a family member died and they had to drive an hour and a half or two hours out for the funeral. So here they are, this couple, in the car. Oh, <laughs> it's like wow. Four hour return. Universe put them together right? to sort their stuff they out. They did a four-hour return trip across the desert and back. Wow. And like, by the end of it, then they came back and had to go through the legals and she said, if we hadn't had that car trip, it would have been so much worse. But she said, I got everything I wanted from the settlement. It was beautiful. We were respectful. We talked it out. We argued. We cried. We screamed. We talked. We couldn't get out of the car. We had to keep driving. And we got it all sorted out. So fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's important not to run because in life we often just want to run from stuff and not deal. Look, if you run, all that's going to happen is the universe is going to deliver you exactly the same situation again with the next person and test you and test you and test you. And each time it's going to get a little bit worse and a little bit worse. So you've got to step up and you've got to deal with it. And that's why there are some people in life that you can't run from, like the mother-in-law who's not going anywhere or people like that. Maybe it's the boss at work and you don't want to quit your job. You love your job, but it's the boss. What am I going to supposed to do about this person? You know, and you've just got to remember through your spiritual paradigm that these people are here to test the parts of you that need some growing up, that need some work, the parts of you that that are rising to the conflict or having the buttons pushed. This is your shadow work. I was Go about back. to say, let's get into shadow work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the easiest way to identify that is that when you're having an argument with somebody, what are the one, two, or three things that annoy you the most about that person? And you will find there's the gifts of what is within you that you are not owning. So I had a client recently who was saying, you know, I've got this relationship in Perth and I live in Adelaide and I don't know if it's going to work and I don't really understand the gifts. I can't see why I'm actually in having this relationship. And I said, well, what annoys you the most about it? And when we got down to this woman was very controlling and he couldn't handle that. Surprise. But there we go. It came. He was so controlling in all the other areas of his life. Right. So he had to look at that. He was super magn- micromanaging his business 
um, he was controlling of his children, but in a different way to how she was controlling her children. And so there was the gift, mm. you know. So where the conflict is and what it is that most annoys you about that person in that moment is what you're not owning within yourself. As you do the work on yourself, it's not actually going to press your buttons any longer. So when that person presents with that kind of energy, you'll just be able to sit in neutral energy and see it for what it is and help them. The day you get to a place with a person who for many, many years has always bothered you, the day you get to the place where they do what they've always done before and you register neutral, you've won. <laughs> it's not about winning. But you've oh, arrived. Look, I had a challenge like that and I wrote mm. the list. I know I've talked about this in other podcasts, but you write the list of everything that is amazing about that person. It's so powerful. That's why I have to mention it again. Gratitude. It's writing the list of absolutely. So you, you find, you know, you find a couple of big things, you find a heap of small things, and you read that list before going into negotiations or, um, conversation or having to socialize with them you read that list before you you have to go into that energy and it will soften it it really will and i'd like you to go into a meditation as well if there's that one person in your life that you are really really struggling with um you know it could be a parent or someone like that and i want you to do that little that little soul talk with your heart and with the universe where you say you ask yourself, what did I put up my hand for in this lifetime, you know, to have, for example, to choose that man as my husband? Or why did I choose that, that man as my father? Or, you know, this girl as my best friend or this person as my colleague? What is the lesson that I'm here to learn from that person? What are they trying to teach me that's my sole lesson? And see if you can figure that out. And if you get a good feeling on that, then ask yourself, and how am I going at that lesson so far? And answer that question. And it's really important that you do this because there are no mistakes with the universe. Every conflict that happens, it's got a role for you to play in it. And so you need to be looking at what is it I can learn? What's the gift? What? How can I heal my stuff? Why are my buttons being pressed? Or maybe it's a test for you to be able to sit in somebody else's stuff and be validated about how far you've come. Yeah. But then it's your turn to be the teacher, healer, or leader and share what you know to help this beautiful person. Mm. Just see every person that's walking this planet as trying to do the best they can do in any given situation. And sometimes that becomes a little raging child throwing a tantrum that you need to help. And just remember, you might be wrong. You might be wrong. There might be information that you don't know about or something that's happened that you just need to be humble sometimes, you know. And I, it's so funny. I watched a reality TV, you know, that catfish show, which is where. They, no, what's that? It's one of those shows where they find people who are having an internet or just text message relationship with someone that they've never met for quite a while. And the team goes out to see if that person's real or who they say they are or not. Oh, I want to watch this. It's good for your dating stuff. Yeah. Though. So they found this quite good-looking, lovely American dude who'd been uh, – he was Facebook friends with a really attractive girl and they'd been having for many months a quite full-on relationship over messaging and I think maybe even some phone calls. But every time he tried to meet her, she had an excuse. <laughs> okay? So, she is not who she says she is. So he ends up with the catfish team come in and they do all of the research and the private detective work and they end up finding out that actually the girl was everything that she said she was except for, I think, a variation on the name and the photos. She had used fake photos, but she was the same age and everything else she'd ever told this guy was with the real her. Now, oh, they took them to... see, I've gone instantly, oh, it's a scammer. Well, a lot of them are. Mm. A lot of them are older men or women pretending to be younger or things yeah. like that going on. So they, they brought this boy and this girl together. Now, he comes to the house 
The door opens and out she comes. You know, she's overweight. She's limping. She's been in a car accident. She's got a glass eye. She's got a, um, you know, she's got a broken leg. And, and he did know about some of that, not the overweight, but he did know that she'd been in a terrible accident because he'd been helping her with some of that. He was so pissed. And so you could just see all of his emotions. He was wearing it on his sleeve, humiliated, angry, embarrassed. What will my mates think? This is a crock. You've played me. You've betrayed me. I've put trust in you. He said, I've given up real relationships for this. You know, I've said to real people in bars, go away. I've committed to someone. And it was just you on text. And you were lying to me the whole time. Wow. And he was having a massive go at her. And as you watched the argument play out, and she, she, she sort of took on some of the abuse and she said, I'm really sorry she was crying. Actually, she didn't cry. She held her own, but she said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She said it was all true except for those two things. And she said, finally, she said, I just want you to know that you've been so important to me because there were times that I actually was going to commit suicide, but you talked me through. And you might not have realized that, but I would go to you and you'd always be there on the text. Wow. And when he heard that, you should have seen him shut up. Wow. He went into a totally different energy and he went into a humble kind of backed off and he sort of said, well, I guess, you know, if I knew that maybe it was for something after all, I was able to help someone, maybe I can accept that. And he just kind of let it go and, and went away. And they I just, can't wait to watch this show. <laughs> but I just, I'm only illustrating this as a perfect example of how arguments can play out. You both go in furious, raging, on agendas, the victim story stuff. Information might come out, might be revealed during the course of that that changes the game, that you can understand the gifts and the lessons, and that you can both go off and become different people as a result of that exchange. I understand the energetic exchange in conflict and honour the situation with respect. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Please keep joining our tribe. You can do that by signing up for our newsletters on lovelifeshow.com. Um, and also, um, Jane and I, we love to hear from you, whether it's through private message, and we love to speak to you in person. So if you've got quite long, complicated questions, those are probably not the ones you want to be emailing us. Do come see us so we can give you the one-on-one -on -one attention that you deserve and we can really tailor our answers to you properly. So until this time next week, look, keep listening to the show. Keep talking to each other via the Facebook page. You're a fantastic group and we, we love supporting each other in the beautiful energy that Love Life has created. And we look forward to having you back on the couch, thewellnesscouch.com, this time next Wednesday for our free half-hour show. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.